Well, greetings, everyone. It's good to be here. And, you know, it's River Life. I think it should be River of Glory or River of God's Presence. Because there's just such a, a flow and free, you know, liberty of the Holy Spirit here. I just love it. So I can sit there and float away somewhere. <laughs> so thank you. It's always good to be here. And I was reminded this morning during the praise, um, well, you know, I always have a red pen in my Bible so I can, you know, mark whatever in red. So I think God's given me something special. I mark it in red. But I just randomly opened my Bible and dropped my pen in. And this morning it was at uh, Psalms 98. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have wrought salvation for him. When I, I read that, and I thought, you know, recently the Lord had showed me, I was uh, in a vision, I was standing at the breakwaters. Uh, I thought it was like Lake Erie, but I was standing at the breakwaters fishing. And I kept landing these huge fish, lots and lots and lots and lots of huge fish. And I couldn't figure out why I had so many. And I looked at people to my left and right, and they weren't catching anything, and they were angry at me. So I thought, well, what in the world am I using for bait? And I looked down at my hands, and it was praise. So the praise will bring in the souls every time. And as I was just hearing the worship today and just kind of lost in the worship, you know, it is. It's the souls of the fishermen. It'll bring in the, the souls every time. And God's up to, you know, it's, it's outside the walls. We carry his presence with him every place we go. So... Uh, you know, I just like to praise the Lord no matter where I'm at. So, you know, it works. <laughs> Would you turn to Isaiah 55, the last verse? you mind reading it? Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord... For a name of renown, for an everlasting sign of jubilant exultation, a memorial to his praise, which shall not be cut off. This is a verse that was given to me today. I believe you're making him a name of renown here. And I see people coming here that need help. I see them coming and I see them going. And as they go, the name of renown gets greater and greater in their going than it would be in staying. So I see a, a, a river here that will flow to you. Your job is to set them free. Your job is to show a love to them. And your job is to bless them as they go. But what he's saying, I want to set me a name of renown here. Instead of the curses, the blessings. These first, instead of these curses, instead of these thorn trees, they'll be the beautiful flowering trees. And it's speaking here, even in the desert this thing will be. So it doesn't make any difference how much of a desert you get into here. You're going to bloom. And those that are in the desert is headed your way to drink. And so you will build him a name of renown. A name that will go out and will say to people, come here and be set free. Come here and learn to love again. Then go on your way. But a name of renown for all those that hunger and thirst can come and find his name here. So this is what I believe he was showing me today. There are a group of people here that have come to the level of, of warriors, like 21 years old. And forming a rank, join one to the other, to where the enemy cannot come through. 
So I believe that your ranks are been filled, and your warfare has already been going on. So as you join together here, one to the other, your job is to set others free. So I believe the river here is also going to be you going out to others and revealing the name of renown. Then I received a, another word today. It's in uh, Malachi uh, 3.16. Yeah. I should have known that and had my pen there. Let's see. Um, then those who feared the Lord talked often to one another, and the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought on his name. Uh, keep it there and I'll have you read the next one when I'm finished with this one. Uh, you're speaking today. And he's been eardropping on you. He's been listening to your prayers. And you said today, tell them to put me in remembrance of what I promised them. So, I think there's promises that you that are real that you got from him that have not been fulfilled. Some of them are old promises. But today is a day that we should put him in remembrance of what he's spoken to us, where he can bring it to pass. So I'd like to take a few minutes for each one of us here to pray silently what you have promised us, Lord, and to put you in remembrance of it, for you've been listening to what we've been saying. So now let's seek again those old promises. And when it's over with, let's all of them put him in remembrance of it. Do it audibly. You're not going to distract one another. Speak it audibly where the enemy can hear it. So let's take a few minutes and each one seek him and seek what he's promised you for your family. There's many of you here that's got a promise concerning your family. Now it's time to put him in remembrance of it. So let's go to him, each one. When you've got it clear, just stand up. Let's each one of it begin to say it. Speak it audibly to where the devil can hear it. For the Lord's already heard you. But let's now make a proclamation about it. Let's do it all together at once. So whatever yours is, begin to say it, I will say mine. So don't listen to one another. Lord, I just put you in remembrance of my son. Now would you read the next verse about the jewels? Okay, this is Malachi 3.17. <clears throat> and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels, my special possession, my peculiar treasure, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. This is the next thing I saw today, was jewels. And a jewel reflects, is a, when the sun shines on it, it reflects the glory of the sun. So I saw the glory of the sun being reflected from you. And it's like his crown. His thoughts are on you. His mind is dwelling on you here. I mean, he's an individual. And he's building a place here to where mercy and love and kindness can be found. It's another strong word over here today. Mercy and love and kindness. One of my past promises is that he would raise up dread champions. 
and this is what he's speaking about today, raising up dread champions that will champion his cause. So this is what he's calling you to. Will you be a dread champion for God? Will you champion his cause? Will you stand against everything that is contrary to him? Will you do warfare with it? Yes, you will. Because it's already in your hearts to do. You're doing it. Another thing about the diamonds, the jewels, is First Peter 4.10. Every one of you that are here this day have got special gifts that God has given only to you. There's not one person that's hearing my voice here today that is not gifted. You may not have raised up in faith enough to begin to use them. What I say to you now is use what you got. And more will give and be to you. Sometimes you don't need more because you haven't used what you got. Use up what you got. And another measure will be added to you continually. For a jewel reflects from different directions. See, this is uh, like a huge diamond here. Every one of you is a different facet. Every one of you shows Christ from a, a different direction, a different way. There's every one of you that can touch people that no other can touch. Every one of you has got a a place in there to where those that have a need will only re respond to you. So let your light so shine in their eyes so that they might see Him. Actually see Christ in you, the hope of glory. So these are some of the things He was showing me today. That he's building him a name. One thing about the plan of renown. There will be, uh, it's, it's like in uh, Ezekiel 34. It's like a plan of renown. It's like the bomb berries. Bomb means healings. This is a place to where people are going to be able to come and be healed. Not just physically, mentally and spiritually. So this is a place. What you do to bomb berries is you crush them. So this is what's been taking place with you. Pressure, crushing, tenderizing you. To you're able to minister to others wherever you meet them. But mainly, many are going to be coming this way for help. You'll have the answer because you'll be that, that bomb that'll be able to touch people and to heal them because of the brokenness and the crushing you've gone through. Brokenness without understanding brings hopelessness. Brokenness with understanding brings hopefulness. Your job is to minister hopefulness to those that's headed your way. For many have, have lost their hopes. Your job is to help them restore it. For the river flows to you, but flows out of you. So we're in a time that is different because we've never been this way before. So... Don't be bothered if you don't know what's going to happen, because nobody really does. He hadn't even told the prophets yet. When he does, they'll tell you. And you don't have to look for those coming. You've got them in your midst to tell you. But it is a new thing. It's a thing like we've never seen before. It'll be creative. It'll be authority over DNA. 
which what we're all made out of. It'll be a, a, a coming to a level of maturity in you to where the genetics that's in your blood has authority over DNA. Did you know each and every one of you got the same genetics that was in Jesus? All you got to do is grow up and do the things he did. That's where you're headed. Because you all come from the same God sperm seed as he did. First Peter one twenty three. And in that conception, all the kingdom of God was in that little bitty seed. And that little bitty seed has grown to where you are now. All the genetics of creation was in that seed. All the wisdom of the ages in that seed. All the kingdom of God is in that seed. And you're coming to a level to where you need in unity, like an army, you can begin to push back things. Uh, intercession is good when you ask. But when you hear and proclamation is far better. And when you come together, two or three of you hear the same thing. Then you make a proclamation because you're hearing what's in the heart of the Father. And this is here what's in the heart of the Father needs to be heard by all creation. It's all waiting for those words. It's all waiting for that genetics to speak. We're made out of earth, all except that genetics. That genetics has the ability to form eyes. It did with him. It has ability to create new arms and legs. Things that we've never seen before or have no understanding. But all those things are DNA. And can be formed again. And I don't have any idea how fast this is going to go, but I think it's going to go slow because I don't think we're ready to receive it in the fullness that's getting ready to come. And we need, we've got to be united together. So when you come to that place this year, where three or four of you are hearing the same words, then speak it from the housetops. Because the Lord already knows it, and the devil dreads the day that you speak it. It's time to dislodge him from your families, from your churches, from your towns, your states, and your nation. There's a change coming that even the devil doesn't know about. So all of us see a real shaking in the United States. And that shaking has always been promised to us for a purpose. It's in Scripture. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. Well, that's so that everything that isn't of him in you can be shaken and shaken out. To where what remains can rule. So, did you ever think of yourself as a dread champion? You ought to start. One thing that I've noticed with a lot of Christians is self-rejection. I don't see that too much here, but I think I ought to explain what it is. You can only love one another as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then you can't minister to anybody else. Because you've got to minister out of love. So it's time you begin to speak to yourself, I love me. You should do that the first thing in the morning. I love me and I'm going to love others because of the love I have with me.
I mean, call your name. I love me because God loves me. I am loved of God, and God is love. So it's time that we really begin to vision the love that we have for ourselves. That that the love pours out of us like a river. And every place that it touches, people will live. Live forever. Uh, It's a time of great vision. Vision and then bringing it into being. That the love that we have for God, it comes out of the love we have for self. And the love we have for families. So everything that's holding every one of us back is our inability to love unrestrained. We need to begin to get a vision that they don't have to meet our requirements for us to love them. I'm afraid we do that. Therefore, we're pushing nearly all people from us. Unconditional love. Can you love unconditional those that's wounded and hurt you in the past? You must. Because only then can you restore them. So, when the Father gave His very best for us, did he put a condition on it? No, it was unconditional love on that cross. This is what we need for one another. This is what we need for every person on this face of this earth is unconditional love. You don't have to meet my morals or my standards. I just love you. Do you know anybody, any place is not looking for that four-letter word? They're looking for it all over the world. I'm sorry to say they're not finding it in the church. But it's time they do. So it's time that when the sinner comes into church, we give him unconditional love. He don't have to meet anything. If he finds what he's looking for, then he's going to find our Lord. And he's going to find our Lord in us. So he's speaking to me really strong about unconditional love. And that we start giving those out there, unconditional love. He gave the prostitute, Mary Magdalene, unconditional love. She was the first evangelist. You'll find that over and over, he gave unconditional love to people. And only that love is what stabilizes and holds. That is the foundation of everything in heaven and earth is love. And what he's pouring now is a new foundation, a new floor. He hadn't poured it yet. What he's doing now is putting steel rods in it. And you're the rods. And when you come together and are tied together like these steel rods... And the concrete is poured over you. You become a floor that no earthquake can break. Because your unity is stronger than the shaken. And you're going to need one another. But very shortly, the foundation will be poured. And the beginning of a new church will begin. One that can't be shaken because you can't shake the footing of it. You can't shake the floor of it. That floor will be for protection of all that will come and lay on it. So he's beginning to build something that he really loves. It's called the church. And there's so much spoken against the church. Jesus loves it. There's many people out there that's been in the church that's not there today is because they came 
and they found no love. If they'd have found love, they'd still been with you. So it's a time that we begin to love the unlovable. Uh, a few days ago, he asked me a question. What is the pearl of great price? What is a treasure hid in the field? I didn't know. You know what the pearl of great price is? It's love. What forms a pearl? Great suffering. Paul writes in his scriptures about there was a need in his time for suffering for the church that was to come. He died for it. There's a suffering on our part now of becoming that pearl of great price. Loving when it doesn't seem that anybody loves us. Staying in there in that pain and that sorrow, letting our wounds be healed, letting them become scars, letting us totally forgive. The treasure hid in the field, what is it? It's love. Love is what you would give everything that you have to possess. And those out there are looking for it. They'll never find it out there. They'll find it only in you. So what he said, will you be that pearl of great price? He knows every bit about the pain and suffering of your past. He knows about the frustrations and the failure. But it's what creates the pearl. One that will love. Unconditional love. In the Song of Solomon 8, 7, it speaks about if a man sought love, he would give everything he had for it, and it was, he would utterly still despise it because it wasn't what he really wanted, that height of love. And I believe that's what he's saying to the church today. Despise the past that's held you back and begin to seek love, and you will find it. Begin to sell out all these other things that's been troubling you. Sell them out. Sell them out your pain, your unforgiveness, your suffering. Sell it out. Sell it all out. So that that pearl of great price that other people could come and purchase from you. For when they see true love, as I said, each one of you have got a different calling. Every one of you go to different stores all over, every place. Every person there you see is looking for something. It's love. And it's time that we become that love they're looking for. The Christ within. For there's no weapon that is formed that can stop love. Nothing can stop it. The enemy has no defense against it. This is what he's saying. Do you want to move in that creative power? He'll never do it through ambition or through religion. He'll only create it through love. So we're in the time of of coming together, I believe, in the fullness of time <coughs> and actually in the fullness of suffering. <laughs> that what you've sought, you'll now find. What you seek won't be hidden anymore. Because when others bring accusations, and you bring love, who do you think is going to win? He brings accusation. He's looking for an argument. He's not going to find one when you love. He's going to look it over. Also, love is creative. I believe you come to a place of unity here where you join together, where you're going to begin to see an escalation of your signs and wonders. That every one of you 
would be a different stream of light, a different facet of it, like light off of a diamond. But every one of you will have a gift that's needed. One for the other first. And then for those that's headed your way. For the river of life, I believe, has begun to flow out of you. And will touch that which has been barren and dying. Withered will restore it and bring forth new fruit. Uh, like in Ezekiel 47. A fish will begin to come forth, which means, fish to me means great grace. Like praise coming forth. It'll bring people from every place so they can find love. So are you willing to be that pearl of great price? Are you willing to be, I guess, hard to say, but are you willing to be thankful for the suffering that's created a pearl out of your life? Are you willing to go and show other people the treasure that you are? For you're the treasure that's hid in the field. You're the only one that's got that in you. You're the one that needs to begin to think on building Him a name of renown instead of yourselves. Build His name. And join together with one another in an army of love. For really with the disciples, that's what formed the church today is their sacrifice. Every one of you out there sacrificed where you are. But to try to show you the benefit of it is what I'm trying to do. But when you look upon a pearl, like none that's in the world, they're going to begin to see that pearl of great price was Jesus that died for each one of us. And we'll be likened to him. So it's a time that when the stranger comes in, that we quit judging his clothes and his attitude, and we just give them unconditional love. You know who you have to give to first? Yourself. If you give yourself unconditional love, then you'll be able to give others. This is what the world's looking for. The drunk in the bar, he's looking for love. The prostitute, she's looking for love. She'll never find it there. The drug addict, he's, all these things you use is a crutch because you can't find love. They won't need a crutch anymore when they find the pearl. It'll give them unconditional love. That's the only thing that'll change them. So I believe what he's doing for this church is making himself a name. A name of renown. Like you can come here and be loved without being judged. So many of us have thought at different times it was our duty to judge. It really isn't. We can judge fruit. But our main duty is to love. That Christ would be, that the Christ within us would come to maturity. Paul travailed for the Christ in us to come to the place of birth. I believe this is a year that the birth has already taken place. The birth of a new time 
a new people. I believe it's baby now. And Bonnie had a vision about baby. And I'd like for her to share it if she would. I was given a baby to, I guess, babysit to watch over. And I don't know whose baby it was. And I really couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. So I think it represented, you know, both. But um, th- at first, you know, it was just relatively newborn. And um, it was in one of those little seats like a newborn would be in. And I went in and changed its diaper. And then I went away and came back in four hours. Like every four hours, I would come in to change that baby's diaper. The next time when I changed it, the baby had grown and it was crawling. So I had to put it in a different little area, you know, so it couldn't, you know, get out. And I went away. I came back in four hours and changed a diaper again. This time the baby's talking. (laughs) He said to me, I don't need you to change my diaper anymore. And I said, oh, yes, you do. You know, I'm going to do it. But what I noticed in that, in the progression, it was like it was four, every four hours, which I felt represented four months. And from where the baby was just awakening, the second time it was able, you know, it was mobile. It was able to move around and, you know, gaining strength and it had grown. And the third time, that baby could talk now. You know, it had very good speech and it had a mind of its own thought he knew what he wanted, but it's like he still needed someone to supervise, someone with wisdom to say, no, you can't, you know, do everything on your own yet. So, but I really thought it was the church, and that baby has been born, and it's a, well, three times four would be 12-month period. So I think it's, you know, what's transitioning in, in a year. In Hanukkah last year, I had a vision, and the vision was a woman giving birth. Oh, yeah, (laughs) your new life. (laughs) That's new life. And uh, the enemy, (laughs) the enemy was waiting to consume the baby. He'd tried to kill the baby in the womb, but hadn't been successful. You know, when a baby cries like that, it's only telling you they need something. I think we ought to start crying. (laughs) Good. So, I saw that the baby was born. The enemy hadn't been able to get it, but he was waiting to destroy the baby. A lioness come up and looked him in the eyes. He couldn't overcome the lioness. The enemy had to back off. I believe the lioness was a church, but I also believe it's praying women. And the enemy could not get past them. And Bonnie's telling you how fast that baby's growing. Twelve months. It'll be talking. Be walking. What did it look like next year? Year after. Last year, as many of you know, was the year of the ox plowing burned out ground. He was plowing new ground. It wasn't fallow ground. It wasn't church ground that produced past. This is brand new ground that never produced before. And the ox was, it was a horrible year last year. The ox plowed and plowed and plowed. Every once in a while it hit in the root systems and things like that. And had to struggle to plow them up. Those root systems was in us. So if you had a good time last year, you need to repent. (laughs) But this year is not the year of the ox. It's the year of the eagle. And the eagle has the seed to sow. And if you hadn't had the plowing last year, you wouldn't no need to seed it. To sow the seeds because it wouldn't come up unless it's on plowed ground. So this year is a maturing of every uh, of four months, like what she was seeing. The eagle has revelation. 
of the Son of Heaven. Get ready for every one of you to have a revelation of the Son yourself. To have a revelation of the pearl that you are because of the suffering you've gone through. In this world, you'll have suffering. But 2011 is the year of the lion. Authority. That baby was telling her, I can change my own pants. <laughs> Next year it can. For it starts having authority. I have no idea to what level of authority that baby will come by the end of 2011. But one thing I'm sure of, it'll be a, a dread champion. 2012 is the year of the man. I'm speaking about in Ezekiel, the first chapter. The year of the man will be going forth to all the world. He'll go forth with the nature of the ox, the revelation of the eagle, the authority of the lion, and he will go forth bringing in the harvest. I believe that these are seasons that will bring the harvest in, but first it's got to come love. It's got to come a plant of renown, a people of renown that have a have a, a, a place to where uh, the name of renown is there for the Lord. So in 2012, I believe you're going to begin to see openings in nations that you didn't think would open. And avenues made for people you never thought would go. Because some of them, I think, is going to go. Some of the greatest evangelists are still drunk in the bars, getting ready to get saved. I'll tell you something else we're going to see. We're going to see the Holy Spirit move upon the homosexuals and offer them a chance to get free. And when they go, they'll be <laughs> some of the most determined people you've ever seen. So don't rub them, don't write them off either. Because we're in a time of great change. So, unconditional love is loving them. Even though, I think in the past they've offended uh, us, but it's also, oh, they, we need to love them. And give them uh, a, a grace. 2013, the man going forth in the beginning of the end time harvest, which I'll never see an end to it. My reminding the Lord today, my words were, one billion souls you told me. I'm putting you in mind that you're the one that give it to me. One billion souls, Lord. Begin it today. So, what you put him in mind of? I'd keep bugging him until he does it now. Because he's eavesdropping on us. And he's looking for those that are really sincere. When you're sincere, the Lord sees it. And so does the devil. The devil backs off and the Lord releases. So, will you be that treasure hidden to field where people can find it? Will you be that pearl of great price that the people can possess it? So, this is a message he's given me uh, three or four days ago, and I haven't got it all put together yet. But if you'll run it in there, you could... Every one of you out there have the ability to speak and preach this better than I have today because it's all new to me. If you run references on the scripture, you can add to it where I have it because it's all new. But you're the pearl the world's looking for. You're the treasure it's digging for. It's time they find. Amen.
That was a download. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we really appreciate Bob and Bonnie coming today. Amen. And we also appreciate uh, Kalani coming. Thank you for coming, Kalani. And Molly come, coming with her. Yeah. So one thing that we I try to pay attention to is DNA. Because, you know, Bob was talking about our genetics. We all have similar DNA. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, some people are more family. And Bob and Bonnie are a part of our family. Even though they don't live here, I think we all got family members that don't live with you anymore. But so they're all, we consider them to be a part of our family. Amen? So they can come here and we can enjoy them. And they can enjoy us. And, and, uh, but also, I think Kalani is part of our family now. Right? And Molly. So we have officially adopting uh, today Kalani and Molly. We've officially adopted you now. <laughs> no pressure. You don't have to do anything. But every once in a while, we might call you home to hang around the, with the family. We really do love you guys. And it was really precious how the Lord used you guys, uh, you know, last night was really awesome, and then both times today. And, of course, we always appreciate Bob and Bonnie because they really do bring something for us. And, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, lots of times when you're hearing this stuff, this stuff is up here. You know, you have to let the Lord bring it into your hearts. And like what Bob was saying, you can build on what he was saying. He really cast a, cast a vision and cast a seed that would we really become the vision of the Lord, the dream of God for us. So I want to just take a moment and pray. And then I want Jason Harris to come up right quick because uh, Jason's going to Haiti tomorrow. Amen. And we want to lay hands on Jason and bless him as he goes. Huh? Dean Stein has a quick... Dean Stein has a quick word. All right, let's let Dean Stein. It's a Stein, man. <laughs> No, um, I know maybe a lot were um, questioned the dragon drawing, um, but many scientists believe that dragons really existed. They're just an extinct type of dinosaur that had the ability to spurt fire. And I believe what that girl's word was, was that we have something that we had that has become extinct. We now need to release. And I believe it was confirmation for the word that Bob had of calling to remembrance those things that God had told us, that now's the time to release it. So I really feel like that really was a word that just confirmed Bob's word. That was a good word. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Brought some clarity on that. Well, let's just pray a moment and ask the Lord that we would uh, do all these things. I mean, we got a lot. This is a lot. This is a download. It really is. But, but that was some really good stuff that Bob was saying over us. I hope you were receiving that. You know, his, he was speaking our destiny over us, over us. He was speaking how we can really pull, pull heaven in through proclamation. And I think, you know, I think the thing with the, with the women, the ladies, that really have this anointing for prayer, to really hear from heaven and speak what they're hearing. Amen? There's a lot there, a whole lot. So, Father, thank you, Lord. We, we are incapable, Lord, of of anything really, but we do receive what you said today, Lord. We really see, receive uh, what Bob and, and Bonnie have brought to us, uh, the revelation from the heavenly realm, that, Lord, they really were speaking like Christ himself when he spoke. He spoke, he spoke spiritual words. And, Lord, we just receive right now, we receive the commission to really become those dread champions. Lord, we receive the, 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 the rise up and be that pearl, to be Christ, Lord. To really be Him, let Him live through us and express His unconditional love. That we would be that treasure in the field, Lord. We're saying yes to You today. We hear Your heart, Daddy. We hear Your heart. We hear Your heart. And we say yes to Your heart. We just say yes to Your heart. Just say yes to His heart. Yes, Daddy. Let Your heart be released through my life. Let me express the heart of the Father. Let me express the love of the Father. I just pray right now, if you're one of those kind of people who really don't love yourself, today you'd see how loved you are. You'd see how valuable you are and your worth. God created you especially on this earth because you were worth something. 
You are worth everything. He gave everything for you. If you don't know Christ as your, you don't know Jesus Christ today. If you don't know Him as Lord, if you don't know Him as Savior, if you've not come to that place where you have seen Him and had that time with Him where you've given yourself to Him, given your life to Him, today He's calling you. He's speaking to your heart. He's saying, I love you. I died for you. I care so much about you. I want you to be a part of my family. I'm reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you. And he doesn't really have any kind of criticism or judgment for you. Not one bit. So if you are that person, I'd like you to come up in a few minutes and just get someone on the ministry team to pray with you. Pray with you to receive Jesus and to know Jesus. And you can become that treasure today yourself. Because when He comes, the treasure comes. We're, we have the, we, yeah, the first of the, first of the billion. You can be that first of the billion today. Lord, thank you for the harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Lord. Well, Jason's going to Haiti. You know, Maya's already over there. She's over there just having a big old time. A lot of people supported Jason, got, got finances for him, and he's going to be over for two weeks. He's going to be working in a refuge center. People, a place for people just to go to, to be fed, to be, to, to have water, to have somebody to care about them, bandage them up, pray for them, just be there for them. So we want to pray for Jason and release him into that, and, and with grace and love and mercy and power. So if any guys come on up here and let's just lay hands on Jason right now. Anybody who wants to, for that matter, any of you can come lay hands on him and just bless him, Father. We want to send Jason out in the name of Jesus. We want to release the power of God on Jason Harris today. Thank you for Jason, Lord. Thank you for... Uh, I want to say this testimony about Jason. The Lord found Jason on the side of the road, and his body was cold. He was dying. That was the state that the Lord picked him up off the side of the road. Didn't let him die. Saved his life. Because God had a vision and a dream for Jason. Saved Jason. He's a testimony of the goodness of God. So, you ain't, you ain't on the side of the road cold today dying, so you can get in too, just like Jason got in. So we just send him out, God, and bless him, Lord. Let power come with him, Jesus. Let power go with him, yeah. Anoint him with oil. <laughs> Thank you, Lord.